Hello, hello, and welcome back to another episode of Podcast Assemble, show where you come for your rambling, geeky download. My name's Tommy, and I am delighted, as always, to be joined by my friend and co-host from across the pond. It's our resident naval officer of the pod, DL. How are we going? How are you, mate? Am I a French naval officer or an English one? Yeah, well, who knows at this point? Am I getting left behind or am I getting That's right the question. Out? That's the question. Or are you a French naval officer dressed as an Englishman? Yes, spoilers. Great question. <laughs> you could be anything at this point. How are you, mate? I'm good, dude. I'm good. Like oh, always, man. nothing nothing better than sitting down in these two chairs. Oof. Bit too close to each other. Yeah, with your foot breathing touching your me, air. you breathing my air. <laughs> touching you. Talking about something or other that's a real deep cut if anyone knows the darkness uh that's Touching a real deep cut. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you. well i'd ask what you've been up to buddy but we hung out over the weekend we did and what a phenomenal time we had uh, yeah dude it was a good to we went to see dave Chappelle. it's really nice to have like good people come to see oh my me, god but yeah. it happens like once a century Pre- that's once, what's once, missing from this city i reckon like twice the a entertainment year we get scene something is a yeah. week big time yeah. I reckon twice a year we get something good. Max. Yeah. We've got Dave, Dave like, Chappelle's been. Mediocre things come and you're like, that's really good. Yeah. Oh my you know God, what I mean? Yeah. Like, But it's like, just actually, if it was like anywhere else, it'd be mediocre. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I obviously lived in London. You've obviously lived in numerous different cities. London yeah. and especially Manchester. God, it's good for music. Like you could go on a Saturday night and see like an up and coming band. Like I remember I saw uh, this band called the Amazons. Yeah. They never really quite took off the way they should have done, but they were in that sort of uh indie indie rock like yeah. post indie pop vein where the Arctic monkeys sort of kicked off and i remember seeing them and i was in this shitty little bar and i was like oh my god these should be in like an arena they're amazing whereas here like you just don't get that you get some shitty idiot on a guitar acoustic guitar every saturday night playing wonderwall for real <laughs> it really annoys for me. real yeah <laughs> it's uh i mean like let's just look at the hollywood bull right now we got Willie Nelson. We've got Ricky Gervais. We've got Fish. Like these are all massive artists. Uh, and you know, Who's Fish. You don't know Fish. I don't know Fish. Who's the that band? But I, I don't really. Like but regardless, it. we You've went also to see Dave. Matchbook Twenty Match- reunion. Matchbox tour. Twenty. Shania oh my 20, god, bro! American just Hollywood Bowl just fires, dude. Look, we went to see Dave Chappelle on yeah. Saturday night, and oh my god, he was hilarious. Yeah, like was one great. of our joint loves, really, is comedy, right? Yeah, he's great. I mean, I love comedy, but I like Dave Chappelle a lot. Yeah, I mean, he just like he like defined racial humor, and I really oh, do completely. think we could use a bit more of that these days. We take ourselves a bit too seriously. I mean, everyone takes themselves too seriously, and it's it's a bit it's fun to see Dave Chappelle just doing the same jokes. I yeah, well, he, he always he always breaks them down, and that's what I like about yeah. him. Like it's never like here's a racial joke. It's it's for the shock value. It's no. This is the joke. Well, it might. Not, it's not even racial sometimes. Well, and it's I like mean, a like, story. Yeah, he, he builds it into a story. It breaks it down, explains why it's funny, and then still makes it even funnier when he comes back to it. I don't understand how he does it. Yeah. He reminds me of a, a young Billy Connolly. Do you ever do you ever listen to any of the younger Billy Connolly stuff? No, but maybe God, he was funny. His so he he had this style of storytelling, and a lot of comedians try it now and don't quite do it as well. Hmm. Where he would start a joke and like. It'd be funny at the time because he laughs at himself and he'd work all the way from that joke into like multiple branching timelines and stories and uh, different universes. And then the, the finale of the show would be him coming back to the original point. You knew it was coming, but it was still funnier somehow every time he did it. I don't know how he does it. Dave yeah. Spell's similar. I mean, that, those are like the good jokes, right? Like the ones that They're the best you know, comedians the, to me. Blowback. Anyway. Absolutely. Hey, look, guys, if you want to hear us bantering about our day, Stick around. We'll be doing it for a little bit. Uh, you can, however, if you don't, you know, 
love hearing about Dave Chappelle, which I don't know why you wouldn't. There will be time codes in the description. Uh, you can jump around. You can go to the main topic, which today is a real doozy. I'm not going to lie to you. As always, supplied by friend of the show and editing genius, Mr. Matthew Bliss of blissery.fm. If you're a budding podcaster, hit him up. His details will be at the end of the show. DL, yo, talk yo. to me. What have you been up to? Oh, man. What have I been up to? Finished my writing class. Oh, my God. How did I it think go? I've come up with like a high level story? Oh, in a couple. I've, I've always had like a few ideas. I've narrowed them down to two. Wow, okay. And the, and the audience will be surprised. Oh. It's a sci-fi. If anyone's listened to yeah. our podcast before, try guess right now <laughs> the two things DL's Kind of come what I just said before. And no, no, we'll, we'll give you one sci-fi. Can you guess the other? It is It is a sci-fi, one of them. Yeah. And yes, the other is a Western. Of course it is. Yeah. So, you know, you write what you want to read, Of course, right? you write like, the things like, you like. write what inspires you. You write what you know. And uh, so that, really that's been Western. a really fun activity. I've actually used ChatGP quite a bit to GPT, help me with yeah. GPT. Uh, it's it's funny because we had this conversation research. and we're going to be coming back to this because at the minute it's kind of it it is the the genre everyone's talking yeah. about right now it is the zeitgeist and uh i actually used it for a couple of things this week and, and i'm going to come back to this at the very end of our, our main discussion but one of the things i did was because you were so talking about your writing course yeah i decided to ask if it could write me the outline for a story and uh let me let me just read you the outline for the story it gave me now to set up ChatGPT won't just write you a story. You have to, you know, give it a few prompts, give it a little bit of a... Push and prod just give, Yeah, give it, give it a little bit of a... Conduct push it and, a bit. Push and pull, exactly. So I said to it, I'll give you the short version. I said to it, uh, we're both authors and we're both big fans of things like sci-fi, like action, like magic, things like Game of Thrones, things like uh, Blade Runner 40, uh, 2049. I said, can you write an outline for a book series that's... In the style of Game of Thrones, but written in a universe like Blade Runner 2049. And listen to, listen to this. I'm just going to read you the overview. Maybe we'll come back and we'll talk about what the book series could look like at a later date. But the overview is, in a dystopian future, humanity has colonized several planets and established a vast intergalactic empire. However, the empire is in a state of decay, plagued by corruption, violence, and economic disparity. The story follows several characters from different walks of life as they navigate the treacherous political landscape, uncover hidden conspiracies, and fight for their own survival. I'm sold. <laughs> Write me this chat GPT. I want to read this yeah, book. No, it's, it's really good at like making things sound like theoretically good. Yeah, absolutely. The hardest part of writing though is like making you actually give a of fuck. Course, but of like the, it, it writes a good outline. I mean, maybe, maybe we good, could come back to that at some point. It writes a good out because it, you know what it does? It just scrolls all the best trilogies in sci-fi and finds all the you know archetype absolutely um, you know it, rising it, action and whatever it's and, interesting because when i was messing with it like i kept prodding it to just tweak things about the characters yeah and when i came back at the end and i said apply all the things that did it you, work that we've learned to the original outline didn't actually work it changed the whole outline based on what we said and it uh, wasn't as good funnily enough the second time round. so there I, you go. I think well, that's the difference, right? Because I was starting to try to do that with some of my characters just to see. Interesting. I was like, here's my characters. Here's the themes I want to do. Like, and I, I, it helped me just to think about it. And I was going to ask, like, how would you apply these themes to these t- characters using the traditional Western narrative? And just like see what it would do. And I never got around to it because I was like, this is probably a waste of time. I should just yeah. write my actual book. But it was a fun little. <laughs> so I, I've been playing around with ChatGPT. In fact, I enjoy it. I did ask it if it could write me a better ending to the movie Sunshine. Amazing. Oh, yes. so we, we're coming full circle yes. on, our, on our plot from last week. Please. Yes. Did it? Did it? 
and it del- delivered. Oh wow! It basically can we, can we, delivered. Can we save that for next week? I don't. We I don't, well, don't want to. Also, ChatGPT is down, so I can't bring it up. Right Amazing. Now. All right. Well, next, save it for next week, and we'll, we'll bring it back. Because if you go back and listen to our episode on Sunshine from 2007, which, by the way, Sleeper, great movie. Yeah, Sleeper, great. What, what a three fourths of what a movie. Good. <laughs> what a good three two thirds of a film. Uh, yeah, we, we decided to see if we could come up with a better ending for it. We'll come back to that next week. I love that. Yeah, yeah. I've been up some pretty cool stuff this week, dude. What have you been doing? I th- other than <laughs> just playing with chat GPT, apparently. Yeah, which is normal, dude. <laughs> which at the People moment is kind of the norm, right? So mm-hmm. uh, I've been doing a couple of bits, and I'm going to start with one. I actually started playing a new video game this week. So I bought the new video game for PS5 called Forspoken. Mm-hmm. I've been excited about this for a little while. It's created by uh, Squaresoft or whatever they call it now, Square Enix, who do all the Final Fantasy stuff. Mm-hmm. It's effectively, you play as this young... Woman. Yeah, well, you know... Do you, know, do you know the Steve, the Steve Buscemi um, meme where he's like, hello there, fellow kids. It feels like it's written by an older person trying to sound like a young person. I've honestly heard this game sucks. It's fine. Fine. It's fine. I played... Dude, there's nothing worse than a mm, mediocre video I know. game. It's, a mediocre book is like bad. Yeah. But you can put it away and feel okay about it. Video game, you've bought it. It's kind of expensive. It's, and it's very got expensive video these game, days. It's got video game tendencies, so it's like a bit addictive anyway. Yeah. And you'll mm-hmm. still play it, even though you know it's shit. So I normally get stuck in video games by going around and trying to find all the little extras so I can build my character. And then what I try and do is I make them really strong early on so that I just beat the game very quickly. Mm-hmm. It's just not interesting enough. Like the it's so the point is she's this she is this young I think she's supposed to be like eighteen yeah eighteen to twenty uh, hood rat type girl who's actually quite intelligent and can do parkour pretty well and parkour. she gets sucked into this other reality universe whatever it is we don't know at this point obviously it's probably part of the story and no, she she, so. she gets this bling on her arm she gets this uh th- this bracelet. Yeah, which is part of the narrative because it's almost like her guide. Yep, and you know, you you, you magic parkour around the place, and you do all that. It's, it's not that interesting. the The fighting mechanics aren't that fun. I'm a bit bit disappointed. Yeah, it's got a you got a six out of ten on IGN. So, however, it's a mediocre review. It's good that it's bad. Why is that? Because in a week's time, the new Harry Potter game's coming out, and I want that. I want to put all my attention into that. Yeah, I was going to say the reviews for that. That's in my news. Like, are really good. And it's just very exciting that that's the case. Because it would have been really heartbreaking if it was like a seven. Because yeah. I would still, because like I said, nothing worse than an average game. And I would still mm-hmm. play that one. Same with, same with movies. Aquaman's. Um, I agree. But average movies, you kind of like can make fun of in a, in a way. Mm. You know, like you can make fun of their mediocrity. Sure. It's hard to make fun of the mediocrity of a game as you play it. It's like, like you know what I mean? Like you're just like playing it and yeah sure as much. yeah sure because like, you you're putting so much time into it these days yeah. games are so big but yeah, yeah absolutely and yeah so i'm gonna recommend right now you you don't play that one <laughs> what, what else are you up to bud well beyond uh you know doing the normal um writing the normal chat gpting yeah plenty um, of that going on i have been watching what have i been watching i didn't watch the last of us yet <gasps> have you seen it <gasps> i have seen it is it good it's, i'm watching it's, it tonight. it's my last one my last uh, last of us update so i'll save that oh, for bummer. next time uh have you ever seen and again i'm part for the course have you <laughs> seen uh fuck what's it called something in this uh butch cassidy and the sundance kid did you really i watched it for the first time that's one of my granddad's all-time favorite it's a movies. fucking good western it's an yeah, amazing yeah, it's movie. amazing it's a, it holds up 
Really? Lots of Westerns, I'm like, I like this. Yeah. But most people, this would be a bit boring. I'm not the remake with Johnny Depp. They made a remake. Is that, is that Butch Cassidy? Which one was that? Hang on, keep talking. So You mean the one where he's up. a lizard? No. <laughs> <laughs> keep, keep going. Isn't that called like Django or yeah, something? Yeah, yeah, different film. Um, so talk to, me about, talk to me about it then. It's a really good movie. Lo- great comedic moments, tons of one-liners. Epitomizes like the 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 themes of a western like a good western like companionship and yeah just like live life you don't know your next day ah, it's fucking good it was good and the actors are really good paul newman and uh robert redford oh, yeah, uh, so in their peak that. right like very young and like you know they're both really really good looking at this point you're like damn like damn daniel fucking hell now i get it <laughs> my grandma was talking about this guy i get it I get it. And, well, I, t- uh, I tell you, I tell you why it, it makes me laugh thinking about my granddad and, and that film. He would do this thing every time we went over. So we would go to their their place and hang out, yeah, as you do with your grandparents. And every like whatever day was Saturday, Sunday, mm-hmm. he would put like a movie on, mm-hmm. and we'd sit there, and it would always be like an old western or one of these. And he'd always every week he'd do the same thing. He'd be like, oh, "I've never seen this one," and you'd sit there, and he'd be like, mm, "This is." And then, like, halfway through, something would just cl- click in his head and he'd go, oh, this is what happens. And you go, for fuck's sake, <laughs> you just ruined the end of the movie. <laughs> I mean, this one, you can kind of see where it's going, how it's going to end. Yes. It's pretty telegraphed by design, I think. I think we all know and, uh, what happens in that movie, right? Yeah, I mean, like, spoilers for history. <laughs> for, for literal history. <laughs> I can't find this bloody movie. I'm pretty sure it's The Lone Ranger. He was in The Lone Ranger Which remake. One? I'm t- Johnny, oh, Depp. Johnny Depp. Johnny yeah. Depp did a Lone Ranger. Yeah, remake. but that was like a weird Disney movie. Kind of, yeah. And it was with Old Mate uh, and horrible, apparently cannibal, Army Hammer. He's got a great cast, by the way. Isn't this cast? He's not actually a cannibal, is he? Apparently. Jo- Johnny Depp, like, Army Hammer. He has a fetish about it. Which uh, is weird. William, William Fitchner. You, you'd know Tom Wilkinson from a bunch of stuff. Ruth Wilkinson, who's in Bloody um, Luther. It's got Helena Bonham Carter. Oh, this is such a stacked cast. I wonder why it did so bad. <laughs> but you enjoyed it. Recommend. I did enjoy not Lone Ranger. Uh, I did enjoy Butch Cassidy, Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. Very nice. And it's yeah, it's a it's a really cool movie. And it's like you could tell it's kind of like just when when did it come out? Remind me. Let me see. Oh, I got to hear name to be already loaded. But it went away. It was, I think it was like 1970 1969. When did color movies come out? <laughs> This question. feels like it was like one of the first movies that was color. That is a great question. Because I was like, this feels like it should be black and white, but it's we, color. We should totally know this having a podcast about movies. And I was like, kind of like, I'm glad it is color, but like, it feels like it's, it's like the first color movie. <laughs> Why? <laughs> it's just something about it, dude. Why? I don't know. Like how, like the way the dialogue was and the way like the cinematography was like, kind of felt like it was from that era but i don't think i think it was like i think color came out in like the 50s so i think i'm actually wrong this is saying i just googled what was the first color movie ever made and it says the wizard of oz in 1939 which i find tough to i know it's color i can see it's color i just find it tough to believe that that's the first one i mean i guess that makes sense i guess i'm way off something about it was like man this is early yeah but it did but it it actually held up like to be fair it was it was not as uh you know, these older movies tend to be a bit... Was that, was that part of your writing course then you watched that? Was that just no, I did because... that one for fun. Oh, for funsies. You know what? I, I thought I'd watch every Western. Funsies. 
Then I looked at Disney and it has a bunch of good westerns. So many good westerns. On Disney Plus. And I was like, wow, I didn't think you'd have that. But Disney's yeah. weird because it's a real treasure trove for like You have to good like movies. search the right thing though. How the hell do you find them? And it's also, yeah, they don't, they're terrible. It's not well laid they should out. sell their recommendation algorithm. Big time. Netflix should. Ne- well, Netflix like, don't have a recommendation. They've only just got it. I'll tell you who's got a really good one. Stan. So Stan over here is like one of the. I Netflix don't even know definitely what, has a recommendation engine. Yeah, but it's it's still quite new over here. Like I think it's been in the states mm. for a while. But the Stan recommendation one is phenomenal. It's like on point. I will always go on on like a random weekend, and I'll be like, "What was the last one of these weird '90s movies we watched?" So like I don't know, Judge Dredd, for example, mm-hmm. and it will come up with like thirty spot on exactly <laughs> the same movies if you can get to the search bar but that's stan it's so easy you just click on the thing and press down and it's there am i mixing up stan and binge i think you are binges they're the both worst. so delayed though this like, is so you press a button and it's like 30 seconds later really moves. maybe that's just your internet Ugh. this is such an australian conversation by the way like it is you wouldn't have but stan i'm not even sure what stan stan is not a person to. all right it's no. a streaming service and binge is basically <laughs> stan HBO. is very slow he's a real slow. fucking idiot <laughs> Stan's gonna real old he was released in 1969 uh, right uh, so the last thing i've been watching this week and it's in line with what's coming up for one of our podcasts coming up in a couple of weeks because we've talked about this and i finally got around to re-watching the first ant-man movie now this is the first time i've watched it since the first time i've watched it ah which you know what <laughs> really pleasantly surprised like always said you had a little bit too much hate for him surprisingly like i think it's because i went in with zero expectations and it's a from a <laughs> phase of the mcu where it was still pretty fresh and i was like oh yeah kind of kind of enjoying this and paul rudd's a delight yes dude you god like roll back the tape you're <laughs> this guy sounds like me i've always like why are you what what you got against Ant man this is like a time when like the mcu is like really isolated and it was fine and you could just have a movie have a guy just save the world on his own with no one else knowing about it yeah absolutely with no other people flying in from space loved it like it was really enjoyed just it. the guy his security crew it's, it's got f- favorite of the show, David das- Dasmalchen. You remember yeah. him who was... He's in Fury. He was a, a, a goofy IMDb picture favorite for a long time. T.I. is hilarious in this. It's got so many good people in it. And did you know, it actually has a, a really weird reference. There was a TV show, uh, just a generic superhero TV show in like, I don't know, I think it was the 60s. Mm. And it's got this dude, he's called Garrett Morris. Now, you won't recognize him from Adam. Like, he's just a dude, right? <laughs> However... In this random TV show, he played that version of Ant-Man. And he makes a cameo in this film. So there's a point when Ant-Man falls out of a window in his ant form and hits the top of a car. And, and this guy, it's yeah. a cabbie. And it zooms into the cab. And it's him. And it's just this really nice, just dumb throwback to basically nothing. Yeah. But yeah, I like the whole cast in this. Everyone's great. Like, Corey Stoll is from like, what is he from? In so, so many. A bunch things. of shows. He's, like. he's in the new Ant-Man film. He's coming back. I thought he died. Well, you don't see him die. You see him going to the quantum realm. Ah, uh, uh, you know where they're going in the new film. Uh, and also, Bobby Cannibal's in it as well. Is he a cop? He's a cop. I know him from House of Cards, by the way. That's yeah, how he's I in know House him. of Cards. He is. And he's made? really good in House of Cards. Uh, Bobby Cannavale is the he's a cop. the new husband to Ant Man's daughter. Uh, he's all, he always plays that. He's always he's the always husband. like the, the the stepdad or the yeah. husband. Yeah, and, but he has this trope that I hate in movies. He is this trope of when the the ex-partner's new fiancé, husband, wife, whatever it is, is a real dick for yeah. no reason. He, well, he's he got does that, that Italian dick face. It's like, yeah, why are you doing... <laughs> <laughs> it's like, 
like he's just mad about something. It's <laughs> like so his pizza's random. like you yeah. know, a bit too fucking <laughs> his cold. Pie is too thick. Yeah, I don't fucking know, but he's mad about it. He's and, mad about it, and it's his mom's fault or something. I, don't I, know. I really like the Sam, uh, the Sam Wilson, Anthony Mackie cameo in this. Just, just out of nowhere, I'd forgotten it even happened. Yeah. Where he has a little scuffle with Ant Man at the Avengers thing. It's, it's really fun. Like it's a bit Michael of Michael Pina doesn't do it yeah, for you. Yeah, he's good. I love Michael Pina. I do. That's who I actually thought you were talking about. He's, he's in uh, he's, he's in Fury. A hundred percent Michael Pena in this. Like he's a hundred percent Mexican. He is full on in this. Is he actually? Let's see if he's Mexican. He's, did I, yeah, did he's he's about? Lewis in this. I'd love to see what the names of his characters are in his movies. So he's Paco Hernandez. He's Michael Zavala. Obviously he's Lewis. That's a great movie, by the way. Which end one? of watch. Oh yeah. Yeah. We should talk about that at some point. I used to put that on movies I should have seen, but I haven't, because until recently I hadn't seen that, and it's phenomenal. Yeah. Enrique Kiki? Great name, says. Parents. Some of the Look, we're getting way way sidetracked here. Yeah. I've had a good week this week. What else have you been up to? You got anything else? Dude, I didn't do much else this week. I don't think I got much watching in. I'm trying to think, was there another thing I did? Was there another show I watched? Well, we've been, we, and you, you probably fall into this trap too. You know, that's yeah. the times when you sat on the sofa it's a bit late and you're sort of sitting there thinking, oh man, like I just want to have something on in the background while I just space yeah. cadet. We re- recently restarted watching Friends from the very beginning. I did a bit of that. And honest to God, I've seen the first season at least three times and I could not remember a single episode from the first season. Not a single one. I think I've seen, I, I think I, I remember a lot then. of them. Yeah, I don't know. I, I have never seen the end of Friends though. What? Like pretty much like after Ross almost spoilers after after Ross almost you won't know which one <laughs> like gets divorced which time <laughs> yeah like the Rachel third. and Ross get divorced I don't even remember yeah like it's like the Vegas season yeah, like yeah. that's like always as far as I remember really okay but Joey does the hand thing oh yeah that's about, like I always win. get to that episode and then I'm like oh this is boring now. it does go a bit down but the f- yeah. finale you should really watch it's yeah. good to it's definitely worth seeing closure yeah get that closure uh, speaking of closure. And it's it's not part of the news, but it's a show that uh, we we kind of tried to sub in for Friends a little while ago. Was How I Met Your mm. Mother didn't quite catch on with, with the partner. Good. She wasn't as keen. Interestingly, you know there is the How I Met Your Father show, which is now coming out. Did not know that, but I guess they there is. Do that. I think they're on the second season. Old mate Barney is making an appearance. So you're looking at me as if you're very confused here. I don't I'm know. just thinking like, is it is it like who is it? It's going to be the same actor. It's old mate. No, no, but like how I met your father. Who is that? Who is the father? Oh, who knows? I don't know. Have you been watching it? Like, does it no, follow no, 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 the no, same no. story? No, 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 no. It's this whole thing. <laughs> no, new no, thing. No, 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 and so no, Barney's no. just in it. No, 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 no. I guess it's like they, the like the two worlds might collide or whatever. Do you know okay. what I mean? Like, it's sort of. I'm trying to remember. I can't believe I can't remember Neil Patrick Harris's name. I think he's phenomenal. So I'm gonna. It's interesting to see what he's going to come back as. He he's like Hollywood's darling right now. Everybody mm. want. They want him in everything. Yeah, they want him in everything. We were in. Uh, we were we were doing some Goodwill hunting. We got a bit way into that. Oh. Uh, Gail and I, and then the I movie? don't think we finished it. Yeah, it's a tough tough one to finish. It's a real. I've just seen slog. it a lot. Okay, she. But I know that she would like that kind of movie. So I was like, oh. I need to just watch this one. It's a real. Um, it's a niche thing. I didn't expect her to be into that. She's been watching. She just likes like you know happy like. <laughs> You know, good message stories in the end, which I think that one is. Like, I want to see depressing shit, deal. I don't want to see anything that's going to make me happy. Yeah, what do me you too. mean? She she was watching the Thai the special Netflix special, the Thai kids that got stuck in a cave. Oh god, that is depressing. That was like I was like, why? Like, first what? of all, I know the ending. Second of all, it's like super, like just like depressing the whole time. Yeah, that is. Until you get to the end, which you know is mostly positive. But... <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, the end of it's fine. Yeah. I I told you this is probably a year ago now. I remember the time I was sat and I sat down and I wanted to watch something uplifting and happy. I was 
I was at home. I'd spent a bunch of time with my mom because my dad had been sick. And I decided when I was looking for a happy, uplifting movie to watch, to watch her <laughs> with Joaquin Phoenix, which is quite possibly the most bloody but depressing movie dumb. I could have chosen. Look, we're fucking rambling here. Dumb. What we do now is we like to talk a little bit about what we've heard. We talk about what's in our geeky spaces mm-hmm. and the news articles in massive quotation marks that have come out over the past week or so. We call it Have You Heard? And guess what, DL? Weird news is back, baby, but it's me bringing it for us. All right. Your famous it. segment. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to steal it for this week, yeah. my friend. Did you hear this week? Apparently, Mr. Beast, who, who, by the way, really interesting bloke. His YouTube videos are tight. I don't, I'm not subscribed to him, but I know he's apparently, he's what well, the he's highest like the YouTube. King, he's the king of like the He's metrics. the king of YouTube. Yeah. yeah. He apparently paid for 1,000 blind people to have this very simple operation which re- cu- effectively cured them mm-hmm. and apparently Sounds people good. are getting upset about it <laughs> Fuck these people. i don't i don't understand how you can be upset people are about fucking shitty dude why why are we upset about this i don't understand dude people are dumb yeah that's true like wh- I, I get some perspective of the like perhaps people think he's doing it just to get the likes and he probably is on some level Who fucking but at cares? the same time He's doing something that the American medical system won't, and that's help people. Dude, like, people do much worse things for money. Completely. <laughs> like, how about we just, like, I leave it at that? I started bum fights. No, Fucking so annoying. That's so many interesting ethical questions are raised and so many confusing people against this. I, like, I just don't understand. What Usually he has, like, an I'll do this if. Did something happen or he just did it? I guess he just did it. Good for him. I haven't seen it yet. I don't know. I find it super interesting. Well, anyway, DL, did you hear this week the fallout of the DC Universe's rebranding, reshaping? It's all happening. We missed a couple of bits last week, and friend of the show, Mr. Leone, sent us over that the Batman 2 is getting a release date. Thank you, Mr. Leone. We really appreciate it. When you guys send us news, we bloody love it, and we talk about it. We talk about these things. We do. We talk about these things. It's still weird to me that we're going to have two Batmans again, but... Well, whatever. yeah, I mean, there are so many Batmans around, but if in the yeah, Flash never movie, there's a Michael... Well, in the Flash movie, there's still the Michael Keaton one. <clears throat> Look, it's coming out. It's got a release date. It's going to be October 3rd, 2025. I have a question for you. Yes. On what level do you think that's actually going to happen on that date? In all seriousness. Seems like they were the Batman got delayed because of COVID, didn't it? It got delayed because of COVID. So I think yes. like maybe we're just like a bit like it's still j- two still two years away. I think we're a bit jaded. Like we think that everything takes a long time. I think it'll come out potentially even earlier. Oh, mm-hmm. there you go. I I would say it's unlikely. I feel like Matt Reeves just starting the script. Mm, I mean, maybe a two year process, but like I, he's a, I don't quite think a he's just starting the script. I thought it was done. No, he's not done the script. He's working on it. Okay. Well, in that case, I'll take back my earlier comment. <laughs> I thought they had a script and they were like beginning production. No, 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 not yet. So it's interesting. It's cert- But it is confirmed to be sitting outside of the new DC universe, whatever it's called, that James Gunn and Saffron are working on. So oh, yeah. this is going to be what they're going to call Elseworlds. So that's where the new Joker movie with Harley Quinn and played by Lady Gaga is mm. going to sit in this Elseworlds dimension whatever you're going to call it universe so i'm excited i'm excited for all that i think the new dc slate looks great but i don't want them to stop making weird stuff as well because the joker was so good i feel like they will do it if they think they'll make money yeah i mean you know, so, if it's, you think yeah, so like <laughs> warner yeah. brothers famously cash strapped they yeah. might make some money let's do yeah. it because the joker made like a billion dollars that's what i'm saying office. like they'll be fine you got a news deal 
Did you see that Brendan Fraser says he lost the Superman role back in the day? I heard about this. Over shenanigans and studio politics. I'm surprised How would you what think, that means. I mean, it just means, who knows what it means. It was a J.J. Abrams Superman role. Was it? Yeah. Do you think it would have been good? I mm, Maybe he's an older Superman. I, I don't think, think it would have been good. I don't what, think, what, what, I think it would like, be a movie you would make me watch. When he was like George <laughs> of the Jungle age. Yeah, but that was George of the fucking Jungle. I think it would have been great. I really do. I think um, it would have been great. He's got like that charm. He's super happy all the time. Like, mm. why, do you, why do you not think this? I just think it would have been a goofy movie. You've been jaded too much by the Zack Snyder movies. You think they are? I just, I've never seen a dark. good Superman except for that one that was kind of okay. I that, will find him. Yeah, that you made me watch with uh, the old. Hey, I never made you watch anything. No, you did, but it's okay. It was like I was like actually this is a pretty good Superman, but it was like still made in the seventies, so it wasn't that good. Oh, you mean for our? What was his name? Uh, we, oh, God, my God, how am I forgetting this? This is terrible. He's very famous. Reeve. Yeah, Matt Reeve. Christopher Reeve. Christopher Reeve. This is for our pre-podcast podcast. Yeah, this is Even like, the real one. Only the real ones know about yeah, this Yeah, this was point. like when we tried to podcast and we weren't that good yet. Maybe we What do you mean? I think we're better than that, I would hope. But uh, yeah, we, we watched Matt Reeves' is the third one. Is Chris, like one of the, Christopher Reeves' sorry, Superman. Sorry, Christopher Reeves' And we watched what was the wor- voted the worst superhero movie ever yeah based on metacritic scores i believe and i think it was superman 4 yeah anyway it's not good <laughs> it's not good and most superman movies aren't good he's boring to me how do you make him interesting quest for peace it was called yeah how do you make him interesting you just you gotta make a good superman story none of these are good superman stories it's just based on nonsense but what is a good superman story what is it like what is the core of a good superman we've story? talked about this so many times you've got to get the heart of him right You've got to get a villain that's actually worth being a villain to him. Someone mm. who can actually match him intellectually. Because Superman at his core is, he's not just like bulk and, you know, I can beat the shit out of you. He's mm. an intellectual genius. He matches Batman in many respects. So like, mm. you'd say a Batman vs Superman movie could work in that respect. But like a good Lex Luthor, we watched Gene Hackman hack it to death in Quest for Peace. You need a good Lex Luthor for it. You need someone who's intelligent. Yeah, see? See? I'm bored. Anyway, um, moving on from Superman. Yeah. Oh, what have you heard? What have you been watching? What have you been doing? What have you... Yeah. Well, a couple of other bits before we move on then. Did you hear this week, DL, that Everything Everywhere All at Once, it's apparently smashing it in Oscar nominations. Like, it's not going to win any because it's a good movie. And people actually and, and people actually like it. Oh, everything that wins the Oscars is generally pretty trash nah 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 name the last oscar oscar remember, winner that you can remember i don't agree that they're all trash. The i just think that they're not remember. usually marketed well okay no but, um it's it's all bait it's all the same nonsense anyway look three billboards got- to humor what was that one that one was really pretty pretty good seven ten to humor yeah. it's called no, not seven ten to humor what am i saying yeah three billboards, uh, three billboards to missouri or something just three billboards three billboards this is all right not too bad but anyway it's got 11 oscar nominations mm. including best picture Best Actress and Best Supporting Actress, among many others. And you know what? I'm going to renege on what I said the other day. When we did our our Best and Worst of 2022, I had a conversation with someone in the office the other day, and they were saying that they felt like I'd been peer pressured into Mm. saying Maverick, which I think I did too. I'm going to renege on that. I'm going to say my favorite movie of last year was Everything Everywhere All at Once. I peer pressured you? You did. (laughs) That's what what I said. (laughs) By giving you my opinion? (laughs) Dude, I, I didn't want it to be. <laughs> I'm telling you, like, Tom Cruise is by myself. Uh, no, you're right. I mean, you could, they both have their merit. They do. Which one would you rather rewatch? Great question. 
Every, everything everywhere. Me too. I think it wins. Yeah, I think so too. Roll we should have really thought about this at the time. Re- rejig. Rewind the tapes. Revoke. Final bit of news from EDL. You know how Netflix is a bit of a nightmare at the moment. They're trying to do something with their streaming, uh, paying for streaming services. No one really quite knows. They keep saying one thing. It might be another thing. Well, anyway. just shut up and do it. At the same time they're doing this, they're apparently trying to make a real-life version of Squid Game. Now, don't get me wrong. Squid Game was a great show. Loved it. Would talk about it for hours. A real-life version sounds like a fucking nightmare. And that's apparently what this is. And it's been, it's been uh, donned an inhumane night. Uh, sorry, an inhumane disaster. No shit. So apparently they've got a you bunch mean of... the show about like murdering people yeah. for money. And they're doing a, re- a real life version. So they're getting, they've got real, just real human, general humans. They have sort of like influencer type celebrities in there too. And apparently there's loads of shenanigans going on with contestants speaking out around horrific working conditions. They're also thinking that the games are rigged so these celebrities can win. It's like, come on guys. Like who thought this was a good idea? really but also like to go to something that's enacting squid games and complain about the working conditions the the absolute irony Uh, (laughs) (laughs) i'm sorry like put it this way mr beast did it and smashed it that's all they didn't need to remake it again just just buy mr beast's version and put it on netflix for sure all right awesome well if you guys have heard anything this week we haven't talked about we love to call you out we love to talk about things you've sent us so hit us up at podcast assemble on instagram or the podcast assemble at gmail.com Tag us, send us it direct. We love it when you do. We love to call it out as always. DL. Yep, yep. Do you want to preface our main topic this week? In the great anthologies of mankind. <laughs> the many anthologies of mankind. Of mankind. There lies one that is unfinished. Actually, five that is unfinished by this podcast. <laughs> and one of which is Christopher Nolan. It's... This is the penultimate Until entry movies. of the Christopher Nolan podcast assemble anthology. Until he does more movies. Until he does more movies. I think one of them's coming out soon. There is one coming. Um, it's actually almost a year to the date we did the last one. It was it at is. the end of January last year. So. And it's one of his more simple ones. It's to preamble one of his most complex ones. Yes. Um. So this week with, it is directors we love and Mr. Christopher Nolan. Right? Yes. This week we we've done. Go back and look at our episode where we did Interstellar. Go back and look at our episode where we did Memento, Memento where Tommy watched an Italian for the first yes, time. Yes, I did. To make an already confusing movie more confusing. Uh, Next, what's that other one also yeah, with the protagonist, which sucked? Did you say um, Interstellar? I think you did. I we did. also did The Prestige. That's the one I I love forget. that movie. Great so movie. do I. Great we movie. loved all these movies. I think there's another movie he's done called Pi. Is that real? There is an older movie he did as well, which I can't remember the name of. We might get around to it at some point, but Probably for the though. moment, we're going to say that this, we're going to do Inception, then we're going to yeah. Oppenheimer. I think we could do with looking at another director at some point. I do too. I, I'm excited for Inception, though. It is I an know. iconic movie. It's your favorite. It's but top today, five. DL, we're talking about Dunkirk. We are. We are. Now, before we get into it, I'd love to know a little bit about what your experience of seeing this movie for the first time was. So this was made for IMAX. Did you see it in IMAX? What's your connection to this? <sighs> I don't. I think I did see it in IMAX, but I don't remember. Interesting. Uh, I saw it with some buddies, and my experience was: what was the what was the last movie he'd made? That is a very good question. Was it Inception? Pretty sure. Before this, it was either Inception or Interstellar. It was Interstellar. So you know, you go from like Interstellar and like his movie before that was Inception. Like before that was Prestige. Like he's got a vibe. You know, you go into a Christopher mm. Nolan movie and you're expecting something. Yeah, it's a bit sci-fi and, and different. 
and you get a pretty grounded World War II movie. So when I went and goes to see, I think my initial reaction was a good movie, kind of not what I was expecting. No, expecting interesting. Yeah, and not like I didn't like it, but you know, there's a bit of deflation when you when you right. come in with an expectation of right, something right. that's very different. A twenty four knows all about that. <laughs> um, yes, I I saw it in IMAX as well. Yeah, so. Me and a couple of buddies went and saw it as it was supposed to be seen in quotation marks. Mm-hmm. My like lasting memory of this will always be, and we'll talk about it when we get there, is we're going to do full spoilers, by the way. No shit. Um, for, for a time period that everyone knows about. Yeah, this is literally his, in a, a historic <laughs> event, Thomas. You guys, the, the English lost yeah, that part well, of World War II. We, did, we didn't do you great. You fled. We didn't do great. You fled. There's a scene when a bunch of the... With France, I should say. Yeah, there's a, there's a bunch of the soldiers and they're in a ship waiting for the tide to come in. We'll talk about it in a moment. My, uh, and in the cinema, because the, the Germans are sh- target practice on the ship, but it was like pinging and it sounded like it was pinging around the walls. And it was the first time... In a long time, I had an experience where I felt really engrossed in a movie, and mm. it was really awesome. And there's a lot more about this movie that I can't wait to talk about. But before we do, DL, do you want to give me your stupid plot summary? Yep. This one for me is pretty simple. A grounded World War II movie whose reels got a bit mixed up in the editing, making you think it might just be a normal, linear Christopher Nolan movie. <laughs> But it's not. He still manages so to make good. it non-linear. So good. They just swapped him around a little bit in the, in the back there. They were yeah. just like trying to get him right. Mine's pretty simple too. It's just Dunkirk, where the Germans and the Allies engage in a game of capture the flag. But instead of a flag, it's a beach. And instead of running, it's mostly just standing around <laughs> while being shelled. So nothing like capture the flag, really. Yeah, this is fair. This it's, is not it's, the way it's, I play. It's really difficult to make a stupid plot summary about something quite as harrowing as this is. But DL, do you want to guess for me the IMDb score for this? This is tough, actually. I'm surprised at some of these. Seven, eight. It is exactly seven. Did, is it really? It is. Exactly I did not 7. see 8. it. I was. I was just thinking, like, I think a lot of people would like this movie, but it it's probably a little bit underrated, like underrated on IMDb, just because of the same thing I had. I went sure. in expecting something else, and they. You know, you, your initial reaction would be like, man. But if you rewatch it, it's a pretty good movie. And we'll talk about it. It's very yeah. intense. So next then is Rotten Tomatoes. Do you want to guess me the Rotten Tomatoes score? 84. It's 92. Now the next one Weird. is where I think you're going to be the most stumped. We always have problems with Metacritic because it is, it's pretty confusing in terms of what we end up with for films that we tend to like or don't like. So guess 75. me the Metacritic score, 75. Yeah, it's probably too high. 94. What? <laughs> Shut up. I know. That is I the highest, that. like, that's one of the highest, that's probably the highest ever. we've ever seen. Yeah. I was literally like, what on that earth? That is wild. That is wild. But obviously, this is Chris Nolan uh, at in his pomp, like, let's be frank. And it's got a phenomenal cast. So if you just take the heavy hitters to begin with, you're talking Barry Keough, you're talking Tom Hardy, you're talking Kenneth Branagh, you're talking Killian Murphy, you're talking Harry Styles. But on top of that, you've got some insanely good actors, like, uh, Finn Whitbread, who plays Tommy. Uh, I'm not even going to try that name. The dude who plays Gibson. I'm just going to say his, his last name, which is Bernard. I think it's a, the type of movie that is so well cast that even the people who aren't the sort of heavy hitters that Nolan brings in for all his movies are phenomenal. Everyone, I feel, acts well in this. Yeah, there's not really uh, there's not really a bad actor. And the, the writing is like just enough character stuff that you're like oh this 
might not be Christopher Nolan. Exactly. But again, there's not a really an arc. Well, we'll talk for about any of the characters. We'll, we'll talk about that think. in a moment. But before before we do, I, I have one final question for you, DL, and I'm yeah. bringing back. This is an episode about bringing back. Mm. I am bringing back a former favorite of the show that we've not done in just a little while. Just a little while. Mm-hmm. And we, I, I sort of snuck it in earlier to, uh, to just prep you for it. Do you remember Goofy IMDb pictures? I do. I do, I do, I do. So I do. we still have a reigning current champion. Not, not, the, one, not, not the best one we've ever had, mm. but the one which is currently uh, our goofiest IMDb picture. And if he wins this one, we retire. Mr. Mark Kazmier, Kazmier Dinovitz Jr., Man, it's hard who to beat, though. plays the new Asgardian, uncredited, <laughs> in all the Thor movies, weirdly. Uh, all, and also the caveman. Can, in, can you explain the, the idea? Yeah, just like, like Fabio hair, as I've said before. <laughs> very like off-white headshot yeah. with like a linen shirt. And he looks like a caveman. Yeah, it looks like he just came off a Guns N' Roses reunion tour. He's probably one of the yep. roadies. Yep. Now... I've got a real contender for this week, DL. Now, this is a genuine 9DB picture, and I'd love to know your thoughts on this. So the challenger this week is Drew Neil Horton, who plays soldier, sorry, British soldier, uncredited. Explain that to to our listeners. Dude, it was a great photo. (laughs) Come on. He's singing in the shower to his soap. (laughs) Like his soap is the microphone, and he's singing in the shower, and... It's obviously just like a shot of like the only movie Probably he's been movie. in before, yeah, yeah. right? Like that's got to be what that is. Which fair enough. It's like, hey, I'm in a movie. And so for anyone who doesn't yeah. know, uh, Goofy signed read pictures. It's not about making fun of people. It's not about saying this guy. This guy is physically stupid looking. It's about this is IMDb is supposed to be a proper headshot for you, so people know what you actually look like. Whereas these people. Probably don't. <laughs> yep, they can't figure it out. <laughs> they just didn't quite get it right. Other publicist needs to rethink their life. So, DL, which one do you think is the goofiest of these IMDb pictures? Um, dude, you, I think Caveman's unbeaten for me. Oh, man. wow. So, Caveman. Like, again, in the nature of the spirit, it's like he's trying to have a headshot. He is trying to. This guy just have like his, his publicist just like screenshotted a part of the movie and put it on there. Fair <laughs> enough, I guess, if you're only in movies. So that's two retired MVPs we yeah, have. I think we we need to have a retired MVP. So next next up. time we bring this back, we might bring it back for our hundredth episode. Uh, we will have a whole new cast of IMDb pictures. What what am I? Kind of feel like Cillian Murphy's could be better as well, though. If you zoom, it's like in. he's a '90s boy band. Yeah, a little bit. I, we've seen him before. Yeah. He's he's been in a few other movies. I don't think he's that bad. Let's talk then, DL. Let's talk about this movie. Tell me the high level idea of the plot allied soldier it's 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 like really a recounting of yeah the retreat um of uh england and their first kind of engagement against the germany the in World War II. and the french they basically just like storm through the french lines i'm pretty sure this is historically correct and eventually cause a retreat that basically gets them surrounded mm-hmm. at a port mm-hmm. that i've actually been to oh. um and i think it's it's in belgium um Dunkirk, or it's around Belgium. It's like just south of it. It's La France. And uh, they're surrounded by the German army and they're having to wait for mm-hmm. basically any kind of, uh, what's the word? Redempt, not redemption, uh, salvation mm-hmm. from their navy who is sending the, tr- the the boats it has, but it doesn't have enough. And it's not, wow. they're not moving fast enough. And- well, the, yeah. I mean, and we find out as we go through the movie and it's, it's sort of pushing towards the, the second half. We find out that. They're only sending a few of their ships because they're being picked off. So the, yes. German, the Germans are effectively coming in and 
the bigger the tar- the bigger the target, the better for the Brits because they can move more people out. But then the easier better to for hit. The, big better for the Germans because it's easier to hit. So it's a really interesting insight and a retelling of that evacuation of the soldiers, right? And it it in a way really highlights like and brings an awareness of the horrors of war that I hadn't seen in a good sort of like a good war movie for a long time. Well, I think it's not like a, the, the interesting part about this movie, like you're basically watching a retreat. Of course. Like most of the time, that's not what you see in a war movie. So it's like yeah, it's the, the gung ho. Yeah, yeah. It's like you're seeing, you know, them storm the beach of Normandy. You're seeing whatever it might be. Yeah. Find private Ryan, right? Like it's this weird special mission. This is just like literally soldiers in the shittiest position where they likely would probably die. Well, they're about to, and die, you're yeah. watching them slowly, like have come to that realization. They, the whole the line is held, but the artillery is getting in range. The, mm-hmm. the planes are coming and bombing them every two seconds, and there's this like lull and peace in between. But you know what's coming next, and yeah. you're just waiting for it. And so you're really getting like the intensity of the retreat, absolutely, which I think is not like a thing that has ever been shown. At least I, I haven't seen it as like the whole focal point of a war movie. Usually it culminates in some like one battle or some not really like an escape. Yeah. Um, yeah. As and much. that's super interesting. Super interesting yeah. perspective on it. I think it's not something you, cause it's, it's not like a hero's story. No. Realistically. And so most dives movies. Dives into the subtleties of being cornered really. Completely. And, yeah. and like, and, and the whole reasons behind why they weren't being sort of saved by that, by their own army mm-hmm. and, and everything that goes around, goes along with that. It's, it's phenomenal. Yeah. And from, from my perspective, it really, it's, it's effectively proving Nolan can work in any genre. I mean, it's a big, it's a big uh, departure from his norm. Completely. And, he, and he definitely does a I'd good love to job. I'd do a it. rom-com next. <laughs> but I also, <laughs> I don't need that. <laughs> um, I really don't need that. That's not Go on. Uh, I also wonder like, and I know I'm going out of, out of turn here, but would would this movie be like Hans Zimmer? Surely did this. Yeah, one. he did. Yeah, because I I didn't know that, but like the music is so Hans Zimmer. The would this movie be anywhere near as intense without the music? Well, we'll we'll certainly talk about that. I think like that's, I don't know how much of that was just aided by a brilliant performance by Hans Zimmer, but I, it's, it's a good movie. Well, I mean, look, we're going to talk massively at a yeah. macro level and and all the way down to like character level about how the score really drives urgency in yeah. this movie. And it, it's sort of, it's uh, me and the partner sat there the whole time. And, and it's this weird, um, it effectively like adrenaline inducing sound quality that just makes you the whole time. You're sat at attention. Yeah. You're like, wow, like this is intense. In moments that maybe aren't intense on the screen. Absolutely. Some, some moments are, don't get me wrong. But usually, the usually when those happen, the sound goes down. Like you don't hear the soundtrack; you hear the guns and the. Well, let's talk bombs. about that when we get down yeah. to, down to the music. I think that's a really interesting point that we can come back to. I certainly think that in general, if we're talking at that macro level, it's it's a suspenseful masterpiece. You know, yeah. it's a realistic sort of exploration, it's human condition. It's I don't know, we said this about Sunshine like a couple of weeks ago, but like it is like a realm of realism that we just could never could never understand and i yeah. and i find that fascinating i like the open where it's just like the we didn't we kind of skipped over it but you just get them walking around the streets mm-hmm. like in their little corner you don't know it yet but their cornered part of the uh the belgian or the French. oh yeah well t- t- talk through the beginning of the movie up to yeah you you, you kind of get like these soldiers just walk around the streets they're in the front line and they are 
kind of just like waiting to be saved. Mm. And you can tell they're kind of like running out of resources, running out of materials. They don't have cigarettes. There's like, he's using, he's smoking old ashtrays. He's getting the water hose and trying to get water out of like a hose where the water has been turned off. It's a desolate town effect. Yeah. And um, there's flyers being dropped down from the Germans in planes saying, you're surrounded, surrender peacefully. Like we're here, 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 here. Good luck. Like if you don't surrender, you're going to get killed. And, uh, you, you know, the, the silence is broken by like them finally penetrating and ambushing mm. the front line. That's yeah. what I was looking for, the front line. Um, and they run back, they get, they clear out, and then you realize they only had to run like half a block and they're at the ocean. Yeah. And so you really, really just like how set, close the Germans like, yeah, are. Yeah. It's like they are at the end of, there's nowhere else to go. Yeah. Like they either get killed or they get saved mm. um, or they're really good swimmers. And it's and, super <laughs> intense. Yeah. yeah, it's super intense. And you, uh, yeah, that's how it starts. And it was a really good like kind of tone setter, I think. Yeah, I abs- com- completely agree. And like a lot of this, obviously there are liberties taken with certain parts of the story, but like a lot of it is rooted in historical reality and authenticity, which makes these experiences so like yeah. harsh and brutal. What? What parts do you think were uh, like elaborated on? I I mean all of the characters. Oh, like as in like the yeah, like the yeah. little arcs that. Like, the, yeah. yeah, the macro level. I mean, if yeah. you can call them arcs, the macro level is absolutely historically accurate. But the, the, my favorite part about the opening of this is is that the main character you're following, effectively, I mean the the thing I like about it the most is you don't really get any of the names of the characters. No, you get that very early on, and like it just kind of highlights very quickly the sort of faceless nameless nature of these soldiers like they are just fodder effectively and it makes it all the more like like grisly that they're all just there to affect like they're there for some higher power you know what i mean like yeah they're the expendables most of them are like if you look at the names like grenadier yeah exactly french soldier he had a big part and the point i was getting to there in a a weird random irate soldier when you make shivering soldier (laughs) all right so when your mate gets to the beach and he finds uh, another soldier burying someone else, yep. and what looks like putting on some of their clothings, you're a bit like, is this some sort of infiltration? Like, what is this guy doing? But they're all just so desperate, they just go along with it. I yeah. find that fascinating. Yeah, and, they're just, they, don't even, they don't even think twice. They're just like, well, give me his shoes. Exactly. Yeah. And this is a great time to start talking about performances then. Yeah. So I, I think the performances at a macro level of this, if you look at this movie as a whole i find them phenomenal i really liked all of it i thought that like i think this was harry styles first time in a movie it was we'll, definitely his first time in a big one we'll talk about it yeah uh, i didn't i didn't mind him at all in this i thought he was actually pretty good it's uh, not bad minus his fucking hair yeah bad he would hair. not be able to pull that off in the army they'd make him like if you're gonna go for it <laughs> yeah get rid of that shit yeah. i wonder if that's sort of highlighting how long they've been there more than anything but anyway Maybe, but it wouldn't be that style of course, yeah, of course. <laughs> when you start to look a little deeper at the specific characters you do start to see some of those classic nolan signatures like there is a bit of a lack of character development um strong themes i'd say yeah i I feel like the themes are more prominent in this than the characters yeah does that make sense yeah totally and um really quickly quick aside now that we're on characters do you know the the peter who's on and we should say you follow the soldiers that are stuck in this situation yeah you follow the navy or the naval. We should, we should have set this up. Yeah, we should have set this up. The, the you follow the navy. There are three strands. Yeah, the naval officers with the soldiers. It's kind of one strand, and then you follow the the air force. Yes, kind of correct. covering for yeah. them and the civilian boats trying to come in and help save because the which is a real thing. The call went out to all civilian vessels to go help. 
and um, effectively a lot of the British vessels were taken over by the Navy mm. to you know go across and save people. But certain of those enthusiasts took it upon themselves to take their boats and go and save people from you know Dunkirk Beach, which is phen- which, which is, is fucking also. impressive. And the interesting sure fucking bold yeah, like that exactly. You can have the boat. <laughs> it's so interesting. But this is where we start to talk about a non-linear narrative. So you're watching these stories that you think for much of the movie is happening concurrently. Whereas when you push through, you start to see that perhaps it isn't. Do you want to talk a bit about Peter? Yeah, I was going to say Peter is uh, one of the characters that with his father um, goes onto the boat to go save some soldiers. It's just like a little pleasure board. board. Pleasure board? Pleasure board. Pleasure barge. <laughs> a little pleasure boat. Pleasure boat. He is Tom Glenn Carney. Do you remember what, what he was in? No, I do not. He is Should one I? iteration of Aegon in House of the Dragon. Is he really? Yeah, the drunk one. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> I didn't realize that. That's yeah. so interesting. The who's who of Aegon Targaryen. So cool. Yeah. I have to look that up. I'd never I didn't have, yeah, that. have a look. But that's, pretty... that's actually one of my standout storylines from this whole movie. I would say so. That one had the most developed Completely. characters for sure. And, on the, and, and it's was, it was a really cool little boat. So you had Peter, who we just mentioned, whose name you said, uh, Tom Glenn Kearney. And then you have Barry Keogh, who, by the way, Every time I see him, I think, God, he's a good actor. He is good. He's and, really good. And Mark Rylance as, as Mr. Dawson. That Mr. Dawson, stoic British. And, uh, that's what I, th- I feel like they set his character arc very early. So, so the stall of his character very early. And he they paid stuck, off at the end, too. He stuck to it the whole way through. And I think yeah. that was a really powerful part of the story. Really interesting that these... Uh, these civilians have been asked to go to a war zone, right? Yep. Well, I don't, and, and I don't even know if, I think the point was like, maybe they weren't asked, but he went above and beyond. Like he, he took his own boat. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Took his little crew. And it was, it was, and I, I find that like, it's, that's the part of the story that you, that the hero arc you're looking for in this. Yeah. But it's going from the wrong angle. It's, and, and you know, when you were talking before about like, you know, it's it's about retreat. It's about soldiers running away. Like the soldiers are supposed to be the ones who are the heroes. It's a good subversion. It's a really yeah, yeah that's perfect summation of it. It's yeah. a good subversion of your expectations within the film. Yeah. Um. So as you as you meet all these characters and you're going through the timelines, the, or, yeah, it, it is messing with your brain a little bit with what's happening. And but you do meet the air force, which I find fascinating. You've got a couple of Spitfires in the air, uh, and they're basically effectively trying to take out various enemy like planes from the germans yeah but there's only a few of them and you're like why are there so few of these yeah like tom hardy and his mate they don't really did they give an answer to that not necessarily in the film but i looked into the background yeah. of this and, and it's really interesting that apparently all the spitfires were out fighting and the only ones that made it through to actually attack the boats on dunkirk were those few that snuck past the spitfires so from a, a realism perspective, maybe it was maybe it was taking liberties and a little it was bit exaggerated. Just showing you yeah. one set of those that that were kind of fucked. Exactly, yeah. 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 The, and the interesting part about that is the planes are knackered. Like uh, Tom Hardy's um, uh, fuel gauge isn't working. Yeah, it's all, they're working. all shit, and they're and they're all like, "Oh, what's happening here?" So, but they're chasing the they're chasing the Germans down. It's it's, it's just really compelling part of the story. Yeah, it's almost like a bromance between the two of them trying to like. Uh, honestly, the more I talk about this movie, uh, the more I'm like, "Yeah, it's definitely above a seven it's, eight. It's amazing. Yeah, I am to be. You got this one wrong. Yeah, um, um, Metacritic did not. Yeah, they the Metacritic's undefeated. They. Uh, <laughs> what I'll say though, one one thing I do wonder is. Do you really need the, like, what did the non-linearness to this 
do add add to it yeah like and i could be wrong did it do much could you have just had it be a linear story that's a real question Does, did it add a really drama ba- yeah i think a, it might have added I drama think, maybe if you it, knew yeah. i just don't know what well let's talk about pacing general let's talk yeah. let's talk to it then so it's once again nolan messing with timelines and using time dilation to mess with your expectations and it does jump between these different timelines which at the time was actually criticized for being quite confusing People watched this movie and they were like... I was confused even on second viewing. Yeah, I mean... I it, forgot that this happened. Same. Yeah, I honestly a, forgot that this was... I, in my head, it, like it was just a linear, linear yeah. storyline. And I remembered something about the Harry Styles storyline not quite fitting the first time I'd watched it. Mm. But then by the way through it, I was like, oh, I don't remember any of this. Mm. So like, it's really interesting. And like I say, it was criticized at the time, but I think the overlapping sort of uh, intersecting perspectives of it, I think you find out things when it's right for a good story for you to find things mm-hmm. as a viewer. Does that make sense? It might not work necessarily perfectly them- as a story, but the themes and the times they hit in terms of the times you get the the showcase of the outcome make more sense. Does that make sense? Yes, I do. I, I do get it. I don't know if that's true because I actually don't. I'm trying to recall the actual time. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm, an, I'm looking it up now uh, as I do that. So I'll, I'll read it a bit in between the notes. But I, I think that like it felt like the story had a beginning, a middle, and an end, and an Kinda. arc, even though there it wasn't linear. So yeah, it must have worked for me. Uh, the, for me, the the Harry Styles part of the story and the the soldier we mentioned up top, there that's sort of for me the main. Sorry, that's uh, Tommy uh, Fionn Whitehead. That's sort of for me the main story for this. When I'm trying to watch this, that's the bit that seems to happen chronologically in the right order. Where everything else around it jumps around. Does that make sense? It doesn't sense? really. Okay. So, yeah, it does make sense. What I'll say is the, this is what I thank you, theplaylist.net, for giving me this. <laughs> Temporal shifts the notions of time in Christopher Nolan's Dunkirk. Dunkirk actually takes place at three locations for completely different spans of time. Yes. So, it's not yes. like they mess with the timelines. It's more like one timeline is a bit longer. The uh, the mole, which aka is, the beach that yeah. they're grounded on and, and surrounded by Germans well, and the, the soldiers. The, the mole is is where they park the ships. Right? Yeah, the mole is like the, the it's like the pier off the beach. The pier, yeah. Um, that's that actually that whole storyline takes place over the course of a week. Right. The sea where we watch uh, the boats coming the boats over, coming over to hours. save with the that's that's one day. Oh yeah, okay. And the air where we watch Tom Hardy takes the course takes over the course of an hour. So it's like it's, so now that I criticize it. And I read about what he actually did. I'm like, eh, it's at, it's really actually kind of cool. Yeah, it doesn't necessarily change the. It doesn't. I don't think it adds or detracts. I think it's just its own unique thing. I like. It. I think yeah. it's fascinating. Yeah. And, and it's interesting that you probably do spend more time with the characters that have longer stories, and that mm-hmm. makes sense, right? Like I, I mentioned that a moment ago, and that makes sense thematically as well. One thing we're going to talk about, especially when we get to music, is the intenseness. We, I kind of brought it up before, and like how it is really just like, it gets your energy pumping the whole way through. But I, I do think the all of this, the overlapping intersecting perspectives, it does add to that sense of intense momentum all the way through the movie. I think like, you're right. I'm, I'm going full... I'm in John Kerry on this podcast. <laughs> I'm going completely the opposite way. I think I'm so left with a bad taste in my mouth about what he did with the with the tenant with time. Tenet, yeah, I'm kind of like yeah. oh, over the time thing. But no, this was a really good use of it. It's a, it was a good movie, man. It yeah, was, yeah, completely. 
I, I feel like there's few, there's few moments in this that are wasted, if that yeah. makes sense. Like in terms of pacing, super precise, yeah, I, super there's, precise. There's no fat in this movie. You wouldn't yeah. you wouldn't cut anything. So like, what do you think of like the cinematography and world building? Then what do you th- from the perspective of like this is a fictional non-fiction world? Um the the world building. I mean, it you, it feels lived in. Yeah, feels like you're like you know Tom Hardy's in the playing the gas the. Register is not right. He's writing with chalk on yeah. the metal. Yeah, yeah. Like it, it, it feels like a real, you know, World War Two movie. Absolutely. You feel like you're in it with them. Um, the music, while intense, is not like doesn't take you out of the moment. It doesn't make you think, oh, this is like a modern movie. It's like appropriate. Mm. Um, I think we should talk about. Let, yeah. Let's finish up about cinematography and world building, and then talk about music. No, but I'm, I'm just saying, like, the, the, I'm agreeing with you. The the, the, the where it, you you feel like you are with these characters. Yeah, absolutely. At, at every moment, and yeah. like you feel. You feel their panic. You yeah. feel their, their, the intensity of it. And I agree. I think the use of real props, real sets, much like Christopher Nolan's known for, you know, he used real that, Spitfires. In I didn't his. even know that he was known for that, but yeah. Well, like you look yeah. at, um, you look at Inception, for example, with the, the twisting room when he created, yeah. he created like literally all of that. That's cool. It's one of his almost signatures now. It feels yeah. like he hates CGI. He doesn't. But he, I, I think his perspective is like, if you can create it and shoot it physically, you should. And CGI should the... be for touching up rather yeah. than creating around it. I agree. Which a few studios could do for learning pretty far and perfectly honest with you. Uh, but I, I think what I think that? what what's that? No, I didn't, uh, I didn't say anything about that. Disney. Um, uh... <laughs> but I, I I think in terms of like world building, like a lot of it feels very lived in and very real. Like the costumes they're wearing, they look very period appropriate. Like yes, uh, and you. And that sounds that sounds really obvious, but like you see a lot of these movies where like there's, you know, they're they're tweaked for comfort almost. Whereas this, it looks like those army uniforms look rough as old bells. You know what I mean? Like it looks like yeah, it doesn't look comfortable. None of them fit properly. The boat they're hiding in when they're like getting shot at by the Germans, the, the soldiers. Super like, interesting. Just looks like a real boat that would have been abandoned right on the beach. You know, it's, absolutely. It's when living. the tide goes out. So the yeah. so the interesting factors. So kind of getting into the the bigger picture of the movie there's all these stories happening obviously tom hardy is in the air doing his thing against a couple of bombers that as dl says is only a couple of hours the boats are effectively coming across from britain to france and the whole storyline of being on the beach is that some people are, some people are getting the opportunity to get off the beach so there is the mole we talked yeah. about the pier where to begin with it was the injured soldiers who have been taking off and then the boat gets hit by a german bomber and then the people trying to sneak onto the boat don't make it. And it's this whole shamoz. And there's all these other areas happening. You meet, for example, Harry Styles' character, who was originally on the boat. Yep. And it's the panic between everyone there. And there's like 400,000 people. Is that right? At Something one point, like I think he says. Like total amount. How I don't do you even get... think that includes the French. That's just like just the... I, that's just the British trying to get off the beach. And there's points where the, the Germans are flying over and it's like shooting fish in a barrel. Yeah. How do they... How do you... Yeah, how do you not get hit by that? And yeah. it's, World War was so different back then. Oh, man, it's crazy. terrifying. Yeah. Absolutely. Do you think you could have made it back then? Fuck, man, I think it was just luck. I don't think it's about if you could or not. <laughs> I, don't, like, that's, I that's think that's the about, honest truth. Yeah. I mean, like, there's certain parts that, like, for sure, like, winning one, surviving one battle, yeah, like, being smart and a good shot and listening to following orders and having a good captain and telling you what to do makes yeah. a lot of difference. But doing it over, like, the course of a war, like, it's just kind of right like place right time i think absolutely do you get sent to the shitty part or do you you know completely yeah. I, I always wonder that i always wonder that about like 
you know, medieval times. Like, would would you have survived in medieval times? You know, like sword are and shield. Are you a peasant or are you a... That's kind of just where you where you end up. I'm a Robin Hood type. That's what I've always been. That's my that's my type. Nah, man, I'd be, be stealing dead. from the rich and giving to the poor. No. When you steal from the rich, in reality, they kill you. Yes. <laughs> that's, that's the way it goes in medieval times. Let's bring it back to this. I, I said I wanted to talk a bit about music, and I do, because music for me in this, it was the key thing all the way through. That Hans Zimmer score we talked about... And it used innovative sound design. You know, you can actually hear, like, the dialogue for once. It's phenomenal <laughs> in a Chris Nolan movie. But, like, so the whole point of the the music in this, it's not really music. It's more sound design. It just serves to heighten the urgency and the danger you feel throughout. And it's effectively levels of intense. I don't think it ever dips beneath, like, a seven. <laughs> Yeah, no, you're right. You know what I mean? Except for when it goes down and you get like when a bo- I'm pretty sure. And Even the quiet moments have got intenseness to them. Do you know what I mean? It's just that it's just a quieter intense. No, I just I just meant like so certain times where I think you lose all the music when like a ship's exploding and like because then it's like that's the rawness of battle. I could be wrong. Maybe it's even, it's even going on in the background. But it felt like the only times I wasn't aware of the intensity of the score was when I was aware of the intensity of battle. Interesting. Yeah, you know what I mean? Interesting. I like, yeah. Perhaps, yeah, perhaps the ramping up of the visuals takes away from some of the aesthetics. Oh, sorry, the, the, the audio, which is, that's a really interesting perspective. And if that's how it is, I think that's, that's amazing. Overall, the, the score for this, it just works on so many levels. And we, I sat and watched with my partner and the, she sat there the whole time. And at the end of it, she's like, I think I need, like, I need to sit down. And I was like, we've been sat down. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, because it is so, like, it just drags the adrenaline out of you. For it's sure. insane. It's a thriller. So, it's a thriller, even it, though it's it does not have a thriller like, elements. traditional thriller. Yeah. So there's there's a bunch of parts of the story. So in terms of the soldiers on the beach, we're talking about Tom Hardy's character uh, and Tommy. These guys, they are fighting for their lives, effectively. There's a couple of times they almost make it off the beach. They get on a first boat, which gets hit by, uh, gets hit by the Germans, and then they, they are swimming, effectively swimming back. The time dilation makes this really hard to talk about, I'm not going to lie, because mm. halfway along the, the boat's journeys of, what was his name? I've, it was Mr. Mr. Dawson, which I, yeah. lo- I love that storyline. They pick up Killian Murphy's character. Who's just stranded on the top of a boat. And he is a... Upturned. He's a broken man. Yeah, he's not looking good. He's terrified. He's shell-shocked. And it, it's the same character you see that when that boat gets destroyed, his ship, Killian Murphy's ship, picks up Tommy and Harry yeah. Styles to take them back to the shore. Yeah. And that was the point I was like, I'm so confused right now. Yeah, same. Well, like, well that's when you know that it's... Yeah, there's time stuff going on, but yeah, I was like, I kind of like wasn't paying attention fully, and I was like, did we just get a flashback from him? Is Which that is, what we just got, or no? This is actually just a weird. It's showing the different. Yeah, and one of the interesting character moments for that Killian Murphy character is what's Killian Murphy's character name? I've completely forgotten it off my head. It's, it's probably shivering, shivering soldier. soldier. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> they is, give him. Sh- yeah, completely. <laughs> He's the main main like card actor, and they give him shivering precisely. Soldier. But uh, it's such a fascinating insight into that character that he 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 could barely even speak when they pick him up. So the guys who are going to going to Dunkirk to try and help these civilians, and he is avidly against it, and he ends up killing by accident Barakio's character, and that's a really really tough moment in the film. Yeah. It does kind of feel like I, I wasn't really sure what they were going with there. Is it just like the in, 
I guess it's just to show the impact of shell shock and how crazy it can make you. But like, I think so. But that wasn't actually what was shown to me. It was shown like it was just like an accident. It, I think I think it's both. I think it's both. I think you know what I mean, though. It's like well, then make it more. I'd say it's poignant. more trauma, trauma than than shell shock. I think he's so traumatized by what's going on. He's not really in control of his own actions at the time. He's just too terrified. He doesn't want to go back to the beach, right? Mm. Would you? No, I no, no, no. I get I get that, but I'm just like it kind of feels like killing the killing the uh kid was an overkill for me. I'm like I don't know. It kind of took me out of like he just died from falling down a step. He hit his head at the bottom. I get it. I feel like, I feel like and, that, but like he barely touched him, so it's like not really even killing Murphy's fault. It's like the guy just kind of tripped, so it's like that's kind of the point. That's kind of the point of like I I feel like that's a microcosm of war right there. Like it's not He's just doing what he can to survive, and he doesn't want to go back to this place where they're not likely to survive. He's Fair just enough. trying to get away Fair enough. In, in a weird way. But yeah, so effectively, like, I, there's not a huge amount more to talk about this. They yeah. all get away in the end. Like, they get a scuffle. Well, yeah, there's, I, there's, a, there's more to talk about with themes, I think, and like tribalism and like the interaction with the French so. guy when they find out. So they find out that uh, in this moment where. All the soldiers that are stranded at the beach, yep. right, trying to get off. They find out um, they find one ship. of the guys. They find a ship. They're hiding. They need to get rid of one of them because of the weight to make the boat the boat float because they're trying to get out of this beach ship. And they find out one of them is actually French and pretending to be an Englishman. Yeah, and it's the and, one from the very beginning of the yeah. movie who was taking the the clothes off. And you can a see a soldier. You can see how quickly it gets into tribalism. And like one of the best parts of the movie, I think, is the dialogue in that scene. Completely. Where they're like, you know, they're all ganging up on the French guy, yeah. And uh, one of the the one guy that kind of found him and has been hanging out with him to like get off the uh, get out of being stranded defends him, but only up to a point, like until it comes up to like, fine, you can go with him, yeah. You both get out. Then he kind of backs off, and he he defends him up until he's kind of saved by the bell. When it the is. Germans start shooting at the boat. Um, it's, a, it's a really interesting scene and a really poignant one yeah. as well. Tribalism, you say, and I think power dynamics as well. Like in, in that moment, like Harry Styles' character takes charge. Like yeah. he's, he's the one in charge of- Power the, resides where men believe it resides. Well, <laughs> well, we're getting really philosophical here now. But yeah, like I, I think tones and themes we'll, get, we'll certainly get to. Let's just talk about action before we do then because- I feel like the main action scene's like a prolonged one. And for me, the, the key action, like outside of the, the one boat getting exploded we talked about, the real action scene is what's happening in the air. Yeah, like, the that's, a, that's almost like a, a full movie, that was movie fun. action scene. It, it was great. That, yeah. I, and Tom Hardy's character's ending, I thought was really heroic. It was, it was very nice. He, effectively, he was running out of fuel. His, his mate had gone down and he used what remaining fuel he had to go after the final bomber that was going after the ship yep. and managed to shoot it down. But in doing so, ran out of fuel. So he effectively had to... He was just not guaranteed to get out. Free fly. No, because yeah. he's, he's ran out of fuel. He yeah. free flow. And the only way he could go really was directly into enemy territory. Yeah. So he was effectively caught at the end of the movie? Yeah, the, he burns his plane and they pick him up and... I would assume he, he would become a prisoner of yeah. war, yeah. I'd probably kill him. <laughs> Never know. Yeah, well, they show it on screen that he he's, he's yeah taken he's a pri- away. he's a prisoner of war, and I, I think the whole you were talking about paranoia angle of it is just like heightened through the action scenes in this phenomenal. Like, just I'm kind of baffled by how great this movie was. Yeah, it's really good. We didn't talk about the the first pilot either. He was pretty good as well. I liked him. What is he in? I I don't really recognize him. If I'm quite I, yeah, frank his with face him. looked really familiar, but I don't remember seeing him in anything. He's a that guy. I think was it Collins who's Jack Loden. 
there He's would been be in a few things, but none that, that I him? really know. Collins. Let's see him. Yeah, it is him. Jack Loden. I don't actually know any of these movies. He's seen a bunch of stuff, but I'd say this is probably his, his biggest, his biggest his pinnacle. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, they're, they're, that's the most uh, action-oriented sequence for sure. And you're constantly like, the, the, he, Christopher Nolan does a good job of like writing tension into every battle there because obviously he, you see a bunch of planes just get shot a couple times and go down. And his plane is always getting shot a couple times. Yeah. You're like, oh, is this the time? And then there's also the thing of even when he's not fighting and you're just seeing him, you know his gasoline is going down constantly. He's kind of at the end yeah, yeah. Of, his, of his tank. So there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of like manufactured tension that's like good for for that sequence. Completely, as a writer. I I think in terms of in terms of the action, I think the mu- like the music. I know I've been banging on about it, and I'll probably stop talking about it. At some point. I did too. It really does heighten all of the the tenseness of every moment. So you're already on tenterhooks, and then you've got this character who you're starting to care for, and you're like, oh my god, is is running out of fuel. And it's like, it's just heightening and heightening. I find that really intense and really interesting. I'm yeah. a huge fan. I don't think there's a lot to talk about in terms of CGI. They effectively use minimal. Let's talk a bit more about the tones and themes. I think this is one we can really deep dive this week. Because we kind of, I feel like we're doing it at a macro level anyway. Um, what, are you, what, are you, what are your top tones and themes for this DL? Uh, I think that the top tones and themes are like, uh, you know, if you had to think of like, there's definitely a theme of like patriotism and like doing the right thing and sacrificing, you know, what else? I think the, the examination of like tribalism Completely. and, um, you know, who is, you know, who is one of us, right? Like the, uh, the inside versus the, the outside. And, I think the key, you talked about at the beginning, the subverting of expectations is almost a theme in this. Like you're the whole way through, like, what does it feel like to run away? What does it feel like to know that death's inches from you? You know, like, you you are literally been stalked by the enemy. I find that fascinating. And, like, just the theme that runs through the whole thing. At every turn, every time you think the Harry Styles and Tommy characters are about to get away, the ship gets bombed. Or, you, you know, that some something is always blocking their way home. And I Yeah, think about that. Like, it's like a stalking menace. And like maybe the theme is like investigating like the true what is what is victory actually? Yeah. In this scenario, it's yeah. fucking just getting out. Yeah. Right? It's not this like great investigation like of like who wins the war and being the, the hero. It's like actually just like surviving. Yeah. Um, I can't I can't bestow the virtues of that higher. Like it's in, it's insane. Like the strength of human spirits one as well. Like even though, you know, they are beaten, they are battered, they are hungry, they're thirsty they're tired they haven't slept they've been through six different ships that have all been uh, been hit by the germans yeah they still keep driving just to get home i think that's fascinating and really like quite a really like sentimental lovely poignant theme for all of these characters yeah yeah companionship yeah exactly companionship without really being companions with people i think it's fascinating how they they build these bonds immediately but then like you see towards the end of the movie, are they are they going to stay like contact? Who knows? Probably not. I don't know. They don't have Twitter. They don't have yeah. Instagram. Maybe they write some letters. The podcast assembly at gmail dot com. They yeah. don't have email <laughs> to contact tech, contact each other. I think at a macro level, like you say, the themes drive the story significantly more than the characters do. Even though no one's bad in this. Yeah, it's not. It's just like there's not a lot of like intra 
introspection, which I think is something you need for like characters to really land. Like you have to like, there has to be a, something they want that is like, they want to get home that is unique to each of them. And all of them just want the same thing. You know what I mean? You have to have like, it's like a rat is, race though, right? Yeah. Like and there's like, you know, crawling over each other. There's not like a lot of like diversity in the types of challenges they face. It's kind of just like, they're trying to be killed. Like you're not going to have this great character story in that setting. I, I do. I do wonder though, without if, smaller moments, if that's by design more than a flaw, because if you notice a lot of the characters, they're, they're all incredibly similar looking dark hair, they've got the same, same uniform that they, they, they're, I said at the beginning, they're almost interchangeable. It's like this, the you know, the expendables. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I know that's fair. And I and I wonder if that's it like is... a it's like a purposeful gap. I'm not saying it's like a criticism. It's just like that. That's the kind of movie it is. It's not like this. Yeah, completely. And I think it's not, it's, 30, it's not Silver Linings Playbook, right? It's an so. interesting tidbit that non <laughs> that they're all after the same thing, like rats trying to climb over each other. All right yeah. then. So what Maybe, we do oh, now? How do we forget sacrifice? Hit sacrifice. Tell me more about. I mean, it. like, how do we not talk about that? That's obviously a theme. And you got Tom Hardy. Yeah. You got the kid, the kid that dies. Yeah. You got the who's like never good at school. Once up, you've got the dad who then admits that his his other son, Mister Dawson, Mister Dawson's first son, had died. Uh, had as died a pilot three weeks into the war. Yep. Um. You've got the captain at the end who decides he's going to stay after saying Kenneth Branagh. Yeah. Who's like, fuck the French. And then he's actually going to stay and help them once he saves all the Americans. And then all of these soldiers are making the ultimate sacrifice being in a war. Yeah. So sacrifice is probably the biggest thing. We almost forgot it. Wow. We kind of talked about it in in macro terms, honest. Uh, (laughs) Did we we talk about that a little bit? Look, I I thoroughly enjoyed this movie, but what we do now is we talk a little bit about our three best and three worst for movie. What this means is it's three reasons why you might want to watch it and three reasons why you might not. Yeah, what are yours? The uh, reasons for the intensity of the retreat and an investigation of that. It's very unique in that way. Yeah. The subtlety of it, you know, how how it's architected. It's really good. Um, My second one is Tom Hardy's eye contact. (laughs) Aggressive eye contact. I like some aggressive eye contact from Tom Hardy. He's so aggressive. It works for me. Like he looks into your soul. Yeah, it works for me. And then I like the examination of like tribalism and fear and like what fear does to like the human psyche. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know what? I'm going, to ask, I'm going to ask you to do your three worst because I've done a twist on mine this week. Okay. Harry Styles haircut. Yep. Let yourself be a meme, bro. I'm pretty <laughs> sure he wouldn't do it because he's like, you know, everyone's going to make fun of me. I don't know. I, I have a feeling there was like his publicist was uh. like, you can't do that to your hair. Well, he, he was the one with the long flowing locks, wasn't he? For, yeah, for a yeah. long time. Uh, a bit slow at times. Yeah. Uh, almost too subtle at times. Like, you know, I was like, maybe I'm dumb, but I just didn't we get are. We are. that. Yeah, I feel pretty slow today, to be honest. This hasn't been my best uh, analysis, but I felt a bit like confused at like what they were doing in the beginning. Like, why are they taking the stretcher? Why is that? What you know, like I, got that I, like, I, I didn't get it. I didn't. I, I think I was just not paying attention. I think well you enough. won't pay attention. If it's, um, it's so effectively, they quickly realized that the only people getting on the boats were the injured. And so yeah. had left behind what was basically a dead dude uh, on a stretcher yeah. and they used him as a way to try and get on the boat. And it's, uh, it's going back to that theme of a rat race. Yeah. Everyone's just trying to get out, get on top of each other to get out. Fair enough. So my three bests and three worst are slightly different. Like I say, they match. Okay. So every one of my best is matched by one of my worst. Sure. So I'll, I'll, I'll explain. So my first best is that, Christopher Nolan's diversity as an otter is, is just so refreshing. Like, it's mm. so nice to see him do something 
different every time like yeah. there are themes that run through them but it's every time it's different and you know like we we love interconnected universes here we'll always talk about the marvel stuff or whatever but having someone who has that sort of otterism and stands, stands above it all is is beautiful and i love it and he i'm so glad it's him because he's so fascinating with the movies he makes but on the flip side of that there's some of the some of the sounds and sound quality he puts in his movies it varies wildly like sometimes I'm not quite sure what the people are saying. I'm quite glad the subtitles are on. And like, yeah, but this time wasn't that right. Like, and uh, there yeah. were there were times it was a bit like, Ugh. so best and worst. Second one is my the best version is the intensity. Oh my god, I was the whole time, I was engrossed. There wasn't a single moment I wasn't in this movie. I was like 100 percent in it. The partner was all over it. Like, I've never seen her quite as, like, yeah. into a thing as she was in this. Was it because of Harry Styles? Neither of us picked up our phone the whole time. <laughs> we'll talk about him in a second. Neither of <laughs> us picked up our phone the whole time. On the flip side of that, yes. it was kind of exhausting. For like, sure. By the end of it, I needed a nap. Like, I needed to lie down. That's why I'm yawning so much. I just yeah. watched it before <laughs> I came here, man. Fucking intensity. Deep. All right, my final best and worst in the good side was... Harry Styles, he's pretty much my man crush, right? Like, oh, love he? the guy. He's a beautiful man. Like, why wouldn't you be? He's he's a good looking bloke. All right, all right, all right. And I'm kind of glad he's diversifying a little bit and trying new things. On the flip side of that, is is he a good actor? Is I, he? I think he is. Is he good? I think he was good in this. Oh, yeah. I was convinced he was willing to fucking kill that motherfucking Frenchman. The French guy, the yeah. Frog, okay, as him. fair enough. Maybe maybe yeah. I'm overlapping with some of his other performances and things like Don't Worry, Darling. He's he's. Yeah. I, 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 I didn't see Don't Worry Darling. No, you don't. don't really like don't. it. It's, it's, it's fine. Like, I, I actually like what they did with it, and I like Florence Pugh now. I think he wasn't great in it. That's our sort of rambling overview of this movie. But what we do now is we do have to have a rating system. Every good podcast has a rating system, DL, right? Yep, 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 yep. So what we do is we don't give things a 9 to B rating out of 10. We don't give it five German soldiers out of three German soldiers. What we do is we say, is this better or worse? than the most average movie that we can think of, which is and maybe always will be Aquaman 2018. And it's a little bit redundant for some of the movies we, we talk about, but I think we should be start being harsher on some of these films. Like, not maybe this week, but in other weeks we need to be a bit harsher on. Because Aquaman 2018, I, I, I rewatched clips of it the other day, and, you know, it's got some fun moments. I feel like we need a rewatch of Aquaman 18. Maybe we should. Just to, like, realize how bad it is. Well, we've joked about this for the, the pod. The last one we ever do will be Aquaman 2018. So uh, as soon as we get to that stage, you'll know we're finished. Got it. Um, but from your perspective, DL, is it better or worse and why? It's uh, definitely better. better. This is, like, becoming a kind of a redundant category because all we do is watch movies that are better lately. Um, but um, I would until say, the next MCU movie comes yeah, out. Exactly. <laughs> I would say it's better. Um, I would ask you as a counterpoint: Are there any movies that are worse than Aquaman twenty eighteen? That are Christopher Nolan's? Did we write Tenet worse? I think we did. I think we didn't at the time, but in retrospect, I would rank it worse. <laughs> Just because I rewatched it recently, and uh, again, why would you do that to yourself? No, no, no. The, the last time I watched okay. it was like three or four months ago, and like as. The, the, the themes of the movie, the action, I find it all super compelling. But I can't understand the fucking word they're saying. I'm like, I just want to know. Mm. There's when, so many things wrong And when we it. saw it in the cinema, and it was the first time we've been in the cinema since COVID, and yeah. we we're both like, ah, I don't get this. I didn't understand a word. Give me the subtitles. I didn't get Inception, and it wasn't because of the dialogue. Inception it's because it's like a really heady movie at Inception. first. And we'll talk about that. Yeah, but my point being, that was because I literally couldn't hear anything. Yeah, literally. So we talked a lot about ChatGPT. Yes. 
at the beginning of the show. Now, mm. I had a fun idea. And I, what I'd love is I would love recommendations from the listeners on how we can evolve this for maybe the maybe last week's show and we can come back and talk yeah. about it. So I just threw in there. Like you, you were talking about rewriting the end of Sunshine and I got over all excited and I asked ChatGPT to rewrite the ending of Dunkirk 2017 as a Greek tragedy. <laughs> Jesus Christ. DL, do you want to hear what ChatGPT came back to? Let's with? hear it, yeah. I think this could be a, a fun segment moving forward. So, in the new ending of Dunkirk 2017, as a Greek tragedy, the fates of the soldiers and the civilians caught in the evacuation become intertwined with the gods. <laughs> the soldiers, now seen as pawns in the hands of the gods, become symbols of the tra- as the tragedy unfolds. As they desperately try to escape the beach, they come face to face with the reality that their lives are not their own and that the gods have determined all of their fates. Despite... <laughs> Despite the bravery and sacrifice, the soldiers are ultimately unable to escape the wrath of the gods and the tragedy that's befallen them. Some are struck down. This is a really long one, by the way. Some are struck (laughs) down by enemy fire. Some succumb to injury or exhaustion. Still, some others are lost at sea. A few men who make it back to England are forever changed, haunted by the memories of their fallen comrades and the realization that their lives are not their own. What do you think of that, DL? Yeah. I I mean, it's got the parts of a uh, greek tragedy it's something in i that. think they like you could you could argue like maybe if they tied it to like the will of governments or something that those were the gods i don't know maybe that could be the chat one GP, for next you, week. Chat, chat gpt you can do better i think we better. can have something different for next week thank you for listening all the way through if you got to this point and yeah let us know one. what we can change the ending of dunkirking to by hitting us up at podcast at podcast symbol or the podcast symbol at gmail.com Finally then, DL, would you like some true or false trivia about this phenomenal movie? Yes. So yes, it was better than Aquaman 2018. Okay. True or false, DL, Christopher Nolan has a few regular contributors, and one of them didn't appear in this movie, which was Michael Caine. Is that true or is that false? It's false because he's on the radio. Bang on. Boom! I didn't even know that. I heard his voice and I was like, that's such a great little thing that Christopher Nolan did. He's an uncredited role in the movie, but he actually plays the forces leader, which is Tom Hardy's, uh, the aircraft. He's a leader who they lose contact with pretty early on. Yeah, I I thought it was just like the, I thought he was like the home, homeland. Like radioing in. I know you're right. He was the, he was the, I think he was in the air with him at one point. He's the lead guy. That's really, that's some pick out from you. I would I didn't realize. Because when I heard his voice, I was like, that's him. I was like that because he's in every Nolan movie. I was like, that's who he is. And then I forgot that I heard it because he dies instantly. But, Interesting. Yeah. All right. Good one. That's he's like a ding. I feel like we need like a ding, ding. or a <laughs> noise for this. So you get a ding. Thank you. Second one, DL. So even though the Spitfires in the movie were real, yes. Tom Hardy's scene where he lands on Dunkirk Beach, unfortunately had to be done by CGI because the Spitfires weren't able to take a landing like the way it was done, basically free-flowing down. Is that true, or is that false? It looked real. True. I think you mean Sorry, false. Sorry, false. God, I'm slow today. It yeah. was actually done on a location uh, this, uh, with the Spitfire, a real Spitfire. Uh, yeah. It's the first time the plane had landed on a beach, on that beach, since 1940, wow. when, when obviously the action yeah. all happened. It looked really real. I was like, he, like the, the leg went down right at the yeah, end. It's and, like, yeah, it was like... That whole scene was great. Yeah. Um, all right. True or false deal? I've got actually four this week. This movie used over 50 boats on the sea and 10 on a beach. Is that true or is that false? It's false. 48. It's actually true. Uh, they, they, uh, you, like, they used like, so many real, like, 
real props. I thought you were going to say there was like over a hundred or something. (laughs) (laughs) One million dollars. (laughs) There was at least 50 boats on one of the screens, I thought, on one of the screenshots. Anyway. All right. Final bit of true or false true video. Near the end of the movie, a Spitfire without fuel is seen shooting down a Stuka dive bomber. This is historically correct. True or false? It wasn't a Stuka. It was something else with an H. False. Uh, the Stukas were notoriously easy targets for the fighter planes, especially when preparing to dive. So, I thought it was like a hellfire or something else. Look, this is this is all new to me. I have literally no uh, idea. But it's I I love his use right. of practical effects in things, regardless. All yeah. right. Ultimately, I loved this movie. I felt it. The time dilation, the non-linear narrative, didn't detract from how intense it was, how interestingly shot it was. And just how much, how great of an auteur Chris Nolan is. Yeah, he's a great auteur. <laughs> I think we're in for something good with uh, Oppenheimer. Oppenheimer. What do you, how do you rank this in the uh, Hall of Fame? Of oh, yeah, Song? we didn't do that, did we? We talked about yeah, it. So you do it now. Let's talk about the ones that we've done. So we've done The Prestige. Yep. We've done Tenet. Yep. We've done Memento. Yep. And we have done Interstellar. And now we've done this. Yeah. So which is your favorite out of them? Prestige. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. Prestige, Dunkirk, Memento. Interstellar. Tenet. Okay. Tenet. All right. Okay. I still think Memento might be my favorite of these. That's good. It was so good. Even good. in Italian, it was amazing. <laughs> it's good. It's, like, good it's, it's good. It's not a bad movie. It is. I think... It's I've, just kind of like novel, though. Like, this is a better movie movie. I don't know. Like, it's greasy. It's real. It's like just a, a story about a dude who's, like, lost his mind. I find it fascinating. It is but, a really good movie. Yeah. Not, no doubt. So, Tenet is... race. I'd say Tenet's at the bottom of four. That's like a big, big gap. Yeah. And then there's a big, it's big tough. gap. There's a big gap between that and the other ones as well. Interstellar and the next ones. So, all right. Let's, let, let's lock in mine. So, Tanette is definitely my least favorite. I think you're right. Interstellar, which is autocorrected on my iPad to Interstate, is, is unfortunate. Like, not because it's a bad movie, but just because... The other three are really good. The other three are so good. Yeah. I think probably it would then be Memento and then... Yeah, then Dunkirk and then Prestige. If you ask me any day, like another day of the week, it might be my Memento and Prestige might be switched. Those top three. But I really fluids. like, I, I just do, Prestige is a bit long. Okay. But I really like. So uh, is Interstellar. So what's his, well, yeah, but it's better. Prestige is better. <laughs> the, the, what's the, what's his name? Christian, Christian Bale. Bale. He's so good in that. Yeah, he He's is. He's so freaking good. Did you notice the main character in this looked a heck of a lot like a very young Christian Bale? Like, watch it back. Watch a few scenes of him back. He kind really of. does. He's got the same, like, face shape from, from side. Look, anyway, mm-hmm. we're rambling at this point. We DL, are. let's wrap up the show. Do you want a little bit of correspondence what before do we, we finish What do you got for me? What do you got for me? We've got a couple of bits of correspondence. First and foremost... We had friend of the show, Jacob, who messaged in. Thank you, friend of the show, Jacob. We really appreciate it when you do. You can find us at Podcast Assemble or thepodcastassemble at gmail.com. Hit us up, send us stuff direct. I'm currently working on a sneaky website so people can find us easily. How are you? Uh, we'll, you'll we'll find out about that more in the coming days, <laughs> I believe. Um, so friend of the show, Leone, says, more Batman. This is actually what we were talking about earlier. He says, mm. what's going on with there coming a new Batman to the DCU? Pattinson's still around. And also... They're saying that old mate Michael Keaton's going to be in the Flash movie. Is it getting to the point where people are confused? <laughs> mate, people have been confused. It's past that point. That point was like literally miles back. We are in like Vegas and that point is in freaking Denver still. Wow. That's where I'm at. Wow, like, wow, wow. We are states behind. I do not like that there's multiple Batmans. Interesting. Okay. They're, Batman's like Bond. 
it passes on. <laughs> passes the you baton. Can't have, like fucking five Batmans at once. That's it's fair. Ridiculous. So let us know, friend of the show, Leonie, what do you think they should do with the Batmans? Do you think they should just cancel Robert Pattinson's? What did we say it was? It was uh, Pat and Bat. No, that's no, not right. give him his time to shine. Batman. I guarantee you, by the time like this, like they're not going to have this other Batman movie out yet before he's done with his. No Interesting. way. Maybe the, the full trilogy. Yeah, I think they'll do the okay. trilogy and then they'll do that. Interesting. All right. Well, he, he followed up by saying that he thought the new slate for DCU looks like garbage and he's going to stick with the MCU any day. So wow, he's, I feel like that's a, a big departure from what we were talking about. So I, I definitely feel the opposite. I feel like it's going to be good, but not because I want it to be just because I think the MCU is not very good right now well yeah it's, not hard to I, I, it's, it's ready for a comeback all right so friend of the show and podcasting genius mr matthew bliss who we're going to talk about in just a moment he messaged us and said hey guys he's got a recommendation for us thank you thank you mr matthew bliss as always have you seen i think it's a movie it's called menu i'm pretty sure it's a movie it's got uh ralph fines anya taylor joy it it's getting rave reviews right now it's supposed to be phenomenal and he recommends it highly. Um, sorry, he says it is a show. And he says it's one potential for us to unpack one day. Mm. I'd like to see that. It's something different. It's not an unusual, I don't know, plethora of crap we normally follow. Mm. I would do it. I'd be down. But also as well, like you, it felt like a challenge before when you were saying we haven't had something worse than Aquaman 2018 for a while. I feel like I can find <laughs> something... We've got a spare I week. I knew I shouldn't have said it. We've got a spare week I next week. I I should you're, not you're in for a treat. It. You're in for Why a real did treat. I do this to myself? Thank you, Mr. Matthew Bliss. We'll be talking about your stuff in just a moment. And final piece of correspondence is from friend of the show, Chris. Thank you, friend of the show, Chris. We really appreciate it. He messaged about that, that third episode of The Last of Us. Now, I'm pretty sure everyone's probably seen it by now. And if you haven't, what the hell are you doing here? Go and watch that goddamn yeah. show. It's like a 10 out of 10. That's literally me, so... You've seen oh, the, the third. The third I, I haven't seen the fourth. I haven't seen the fourth. He obviously bestows the virtue of that episode, says it's amazing. But yeah. he also says it is, uh, it, it is moving away very slightly from the story of the game. And he says that's great. And it's good that they're not just following Joel and Ellie all the way around, effectively like The Walking Dead did. Otherwise, he could see characters, people getting sick of them and maybe getting sick of the show in a way that, you know, you know something. So... Why the hell would I keep watching this? I think anytime you make an adaption like that, that makes this, the story better and makes the, like, it's better than what's in the game. Like, cause it is, it's better, be better than what's in the game. Like, there's no doubt you should make the change. I completely yeah. agree. And I'm a massive fan of that. DL, do you want to wrap up the show? Yes, I do. Thank you for listening. I think you should give us a two star review for this one. My analysis was pretty <laughs> shit, but if you give us a review, we will take it nonetheless. Thank you, friend of the show, Mr. Matthew Blissery of Blissery.fm for editing this episode edit out my yawns i'm a bit tired today i apologize for that if you are a budding podcaster or thinking of hiring a podcast engineer engineer to edit your podcast let them know at email to info at blissery.fm at email email to (laughs) email to at we've lost it info at blissery.fm or visit blissery.fm for more information about matt and his podcast services Thank you. You can listen to his video game news podcast, The Dead Drop, 10-minute episodes twice a week. And uh, other than that, man, I think it's time for me to go to bed. (laughs) Tally-ho, bitches. I'm talking for the both of us. Latest Gators. And uh, we'll see you next time.